0: It is Demonstration Day. The High Street is barricaded off and the side streets are clubbed with arms and their bearers. Tourists still prattle languidly, largely unaware of the day's significance as queues of drably drawn locals start to form outside fashionable stores that have been marked in their mental calendars. Accompanied by a whole entourage of exclamation marks for a year. On the cicadas signal, revving their engines in unison, like rally drivers at the start of a race, rooftop floodlights spring into action, drowning the gum splattered streets in a confluence of shadows, damning its denizens as if on trial by light. Locals are syringed into the shops, forcing the invasive species out onto the street where they are met with the full splendour of the day's events. As the heavily barbed fences onto the side streets are shakily opened by pasty-faced newlings, unequal to the task, who are summarily taught a lesson in shorthand, The chorus barreling onto the street are caught by the glinting eyes of polished police issue rifles eager to shine. Coloured toxin tipped darts trace chartered flights to foreign destinations and down their prey, who slump into the of lethe.
1: boutique on Lascaux Square stocked several brands, so like many of my kind I had lined up with docile excitement. Once we were in and the prices on the stock screens below each product had dropped to a level that was deemed affordable for us, though the near 90% price drop was still not quite enough even for a tenured professor like myself. But well, teaching has always been a mugs game. I panic-pocketed a sturdy Aston A5, as I could sense the digits were soon to start their reascent to the gut-grinding alien-appropriate heights. I was eyeing the safest exit route, when rookie Richef Mern, whose name I was only later to become acquainted with, caught my attention. Whilst his peers were all tapping their way to the top with easy fingers on triggers that just begged to be pressed, Richef stood in a daze unsure of when, or how, to act. From the footage you can see me assessing him, his stiff belt still full of trank darts, giving him the look of a rose seller too morosely embroiled in the spectacle of romance to even attempt a sale. You see, out of my own morbid sense of curiosity and an embarrassed acquiescence on their part, I was allowed to view the footage of those few fateful minutes. As you will be able to understand, I have no recollection of what I was thinking, but I could read myself like a picture book. Viewing the wall of screens, dividing me up into multiple vantage points, gave me an out-of-body sensation, like the slow-motion footage of a splintering tree mown down by a 50 caliber machine gun. It's a strange thing seeing yourself from so many angles and being able to predict your actions. To be able to read your own mind as if it was somebody else's. Prophetic murmurings held aloft on the steady hiss from a mystic megaphone. An ambulance had pulled up outside and was slotting bodies into the bunks like used trays in a canteen when a shot was fired. Faces in the windows across the street could be seen gasping or wide-eyed with hands over mouths. The driver slid out the door and belted it across the street as another shot was fired, detectable in the wincing faces of the onlookers. She didn't return. I looked further down the street and saw a kind of panicked trigger pulling, not aimed at the official alien targets but seemingly at random. Desperation had filled the ranks and the rules seemed to have reverted to last man standing. where through a close textual analysis of radical texts, manifestos, declarations of intent, manuals of insurgency, fringe fiction foisted on readers through fad or affectation, I guided my students to what I called the axis of word and deed, where intent speeds through a red light at the junction of action. Apparently the unwritten rules had been rewritten this year and the usual tip-off to those tipped for the top had been scrapped for a trial by talent. A novel idea cooked up by one of the newly concocted chefs of propaganda. You see, as well as the ranking of new graduates by their final scores on demonstration day, the ultimate prize was awarded to the individual who detected and invalidated the insurrectionist threat that was annually thrown into the mix, like a penny in a celebratory seasonal pudding. As a cherry on top of this pudding, the individual who took out the threat was awarded a three-tier rise in the ranks which almost guaranteed them an office of their own, subordinates in tow. But, as was our way, the guerrilla group participating would be vetted to such an extent that the police would largely be the designers of the atrocity. And those earmarked for senior positions would be invited into the briefings to guarantee the carnage was heroically baffled. This year, things were rumored to be different. As a concession to the calls for rigor in the ranks, the Central Committee had decided that the playing field would be leveled, and none of the graduating force would know in advance who, when, or where the attack would take place. As we know, suspicion is infectious. The downed ambulance drivers were soon joined by curious shopkeepers, journalists, street sweepers, and a number of police themselves. But none of these targets seemed viable to me, having read every terror manifesto on the market to date. A cat wearing a bow tie and nothing else jumped into a window display of running shoes. This was not unusual in itself but when a heavily pregnant golden retriever wearing puppy pumps walked into the picture, I knew I had a lead. It was, after all, the toffee of my trade. The alt-materialists have been turning their small book of maxims into praxis for a decade or so, filling the temples with the heavy scent of aerosol cans and proclaiming spirit to be the invisible graffiti on human dignity. Wearing bold wigs into the temple in defiance of the head-covering rule to fig the police when the inevitable arrests ensued, and claiming that flesh was the criminal element in the society of spirit. Sculpting the heads of key temple officials out of butter and placing them behind the glass counters of sandwich bars along the strand to be whistled down throughout the day as empty genuflectors filled their holy stomachs with soft ideas. It was obvious to me that they must have been invited to participate in this year's graduation procession, though their guerrilla tactics were more in the vein of avant-garde performances than genuine acts of insurrection, and were only deemed dangerous by members of the group itself. I see myself following the dog with my ever-understanding eyes. The dog's balls flashed monkey blue on the footage and the fake undercarriage of their soon to be detonated on the steps of the magistrate's portico, was quite hammerly attached, but nobody was paying any attention. Benevolence fills my boots at the most inopportune moments, and the rueful sight of Richef, stricken by indecision, had started the trickle. After all, who would one rather have on top? A trigger-happy man of action with a taste for attrition, or a sensitive type who takes time to mull the next move, I chose the latter, and strode across the Taurus-strewn square to deliver the sacrificial dog up to the indecisive underdog. Running to dodge the darts that were flying in every direction, I looked like Caprice itself, attacked by a swarm of fanciful bats. The sight of me and my imaginary pursuers must have shocked the hound out of its dither, for within a flash I was rudely turned into a target, and as hungry dogs are known to bite the hands of their feeders, Ryshev opted for a mean retreat. The retreat I beat was of a manic backdance that foiled several of his devilish darts, but could not escape the final encounter that came as I tripped over the lazing corpse of sleeping shopper Simonov Pankov and his pile of paper bags turning to mush in the Seuss street. We woke up in neighbouring hospital beds approximately 30 hours later under the amplified lens of speculation trying to guess what had happened to us as those blank hands made their rounds on tiptoes. I filled him in on certain truths that his kind are rarely fed and he served me perspectives that uncommonly furnished my environs. As for the demonstration and its results, all I can say for certain is that there is an office in some building sewn into the landscape somewhere by a heavily barbed fence that remains unoccupied, unheated, and unvoiced. At least until next year.